<laughs> Not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. We'll see. Welcome to Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast. It's good to have you back this week. Uh, of course, sitting here, rocking it on the mic, I am Chris Brady Denton, one of your co-hosts, and uh, right across there for me, uh, look at there. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Colin Brady. Hey, hey, hey. Colin Brady. Nice to be here. It is nice to be here. Is it also, is it is it nice to be a Green Day fan? It's a wonderful thing. Well... In certain eras more than others, but it is always a wonderful thing to be a Green Day fan. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. We're going to talk about it a little bit more, but yeah, yes. exactly. It's, uh, yeah. We're both unabashed Green Day fans. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. We are counting down albums, the entire discography of our boys in black and red, the GD guys, the Oakland trio. We're counting down all of their shit leading up to Father of All Motherfuckers, the new album coming out mid-February. I am Ooh, so yeah. hyped. It is it is only, you know, two or three, well, no, three, three or four weeks away, I would say. No. It's on the horizon. It's on the horizon. It's imminent. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're, and this week is is no different than any of the others. Mm-hmm. We're going to be Let's, we're going to be getting into some a, a period of green day that is very unique. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, Let's be civilized. We got to catch up with each yeah. other, right? Yeah, of course. Well, I'll just say this, Colin. You know, many people make the mistake. They think, I know three things about these guys, okay? <laughs> Colin and Chris, the two Cs, the big hosts, redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast. Everyone knows it well, of course. Mm-hmm. They go, these two guys, they're co-hosts, one. Two, uh, they're cousins. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong there. We are cousins. Fact. And three, uh, they record from the same room. They're always in the same <laughs> podcast studio, right? Right. And That's I'd, the say, I'd say uh, two of those three things are correct. All it's right. hard to say. It's hard to say which ones because they all seem so reasonable. Two truths and a lie, am I mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you might be shocked to find out that we are not in the same podcast studio. We are so far away. Colin, you're all the way up in Seattle. I'm here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know your life. How are things in Seattle? You know, things in Seattle are great. I, I've had a I've had a wonderful week, you know. Um, the snow is top tier. Right around now, I must say. Um, Ooh, top tier snow. Top Very tier, good. top tier. My my good. None of this mid tier riffraff. We got uh, dumped dumped like two feet in the mountains. It was it was awesome. So had a had a wonderful weekend, and we got some snow in town. I dumped like two mountains this morning. Oh my fucking god, you disgusting fuck. Um, mm, it's fig <laughs> juice. Anyways, I'm oh, sorry. Go on about your mountains. And uh, we got we got some snow in Seattle, believe it or not. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh, like if the downtown? audience is aware of this, but Seattle does not get snow almost ever. Um, and so when it yeah, happens, it's like a rainy city. It's a rainy city. But it's not it's, a snowy it's, but city. But we're at sea level. You know, what do you expect? Are you going to get snow? Yeah. No way. And yet, and yet, we are. I think we're forecast for like six inches tonight. We've already gotten like you know probably three or so. It's insane. Oh damn! Yeah. And Seattleites do, you, do not know how to handle it either. They the city has like one snowplow, like everything fucking oh, shuts man. down. It's the whole thing is silly, you know. <laughs> that's yeah. Well, of course. I mean, that that's almost sounds like you know, uh, 
if it would snow in Los Angeles, yeah. which I think hasn't happened in like 50 years or whatever, but it has happened. It's like, I don't oh, know how happened, we'd though? react. Oh, we'd, man. We'd, it, historically, it has happened, but, you know, like so it certainly won't happen in the future the way things are going. Right, right. But it's, you know, th- uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know how we'd freak out. I think there'd be anarchy. Yeah, I think so. We, there'd be we looting. We don't even have a proper winter coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you have a heater? Are you going to be cold tonight? <laughs> you know, I do. Ha- I have safe? two heaters, two of those like shitty old wall heaters, and I've got both of them oh. blasting. They've both been blasting for like a week now, and it's barely warm enough in here. You know, like I'm just oh, eking by. But you know? yeah, I, we've got we don't we have central heating, but we don't know how it works. I think it's broken, so we just <laughs> have one of those little like portable towers. Oh and we just yeah, carry it room to room. I see. I okay, see. heading to the bedroom. Grab the heater. <laughs> that's that cute I, I can picture that that's adorable yeah it's you know it's really fun being poor um <laughs> and you know and hey i'm lucky just to, to even have a heater that's the truth. true that's true anyway i uh i don't want to be talking all about myself over here chris how are things going uh, down in la for you well no snow that's for sure that's but a shame things in la are good i i actually traveled down this weekend this kind of plays into our theme this week but mm-hmm. i saw a fantastic musical with my family this weekend called Dear Evan Hansen okay. down in San Diego, mm-hmm. where I hail from. It it is uh, it's a Tony winner uh, from 2018. It's like a, it's a fairly new musical. I didn't know about it at all. I have been listening to the soundtrack a ton ever since. I I, I stem. I'm a theater kid originally. Mm-hmm. Shocks may shock people, but <laughs> throughout high school, you know, middle school, I, I we were late to the fucking Green Day concert because I was in a play for Christ's sakes. Mm-hmm. Like I, uh, when we went during the 21st Century uh, tour, so um, I am. I, I have a love for musical theater, even though it is very corny and right. it is very, you know, it is all the things that it is. And and I have a real appreciation when it's done right. Right. <clears throat> and cool. a Dear Evan Hansen, cannot recommend enough. Even if you just listen to music, those are fantastic, like very well structured, very well written songs. Uh, it's It speaks to our modern age. I'd recommend it completely. The only reason I truly bring this up, besides to gush its praises, is uh, it kind of connects to what we're talking about this week doesn't it it does and yeah this week we're talking about we haven't mentioned it yet uh american idiot the musical green day's broadway production mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where they tried to translate the album american idiot into a, a stage production uh, directed by michael Mayer. uh we'll get more into that in a second but i, I just want to say there's a certain feeling you get when you watch a really beautiful good musical <laughs> and that's what i got during evan hansen and um, I'll save my thoughts on American Idiot the musical, but let's just say it's it's interesting. <laughs> I think you may have may have given away your your opinion. I on may that have one. just given away right there. Yeah, but, but uh, there's nothing uh, wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I'll explain myself in a bit later. I, don't give me a chance. Don't don't give up on me. Hey, yet. that's you fair. Love that's the musical, fair. I have not seen talk, the musical. Okay? I've not seen the musical, so I, I don't want to judge. But uh, yeah. And if you're listening, you're like, hey, you at, no, let's talk, okay? Mm-hmm. Hold up a second. But but let's not be negative. Let's talk about what's up right now. It's uh, time for some Green Day news. Hell yeah. Now, we got to get through this fast. There's not much, really, but... Uh, there's there's one big, big one. Yeah, there's one big one. Yeah, there's the promise of something, but it's not quite a... Okay, basically, Green Day announced uh, this past week that a new single is coming up called Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think it's coming out on the 16th too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So um 
so that we'll be checking on that next week, but yep. that's coming up. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's all there is to say about that. <laughs> uh, Green Day, one kind of cool announcement. Green Day announced that they are looking for a garage, a large backyard, a barnyard, <laughs> some backyard of a fan that they can play an album release show in. Uh, that's right. Green Day wants you to submit your garage, your big lawn, your fucking barnyard, you fucking farmer to have host a green day opening uh father of all motherfuckers show isn't that exciting <laughs> that is freaking insane i i kind of think it's cool though you know i, I would be stoked to see them in a in a more <laughs> intimate setting i guess that'd be i think it's so cool I think I, it made it. me i don't know about you it made me go okay Maybe it'll Pack be up good. Your bags, honey. We're gonna go get a garage. <laughs> We're moving right. I know we can't afford anything bigger than this, mm-hmm. but we are gonna make ourselves have a big garage so we can host Green Day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That. God damn. If I did have a big yard, or you know, ooh, I'd be on top of this. Yeah. Oh so, my god, I'd be so fucking stoked. Yeah. Um. And, uh, and then what was this last uh, item you got? Here? And in other news, there's uh, the track list has been. Uh, sort of revealed apparently they uh sent one of their fans a vinyl sleeve like the sleeve from the new album without the vinyl but it contained the track list and all the album artwork and whatnot um and so yeah we've now got a what a cock tease jesus christ <laughs> i know i know i'm sorry to be crass but if you get like an album in the mail and you don't get the actual and it's got album. everything <laughs> and you open it what the fuck is this I know. it's empty I know. Oh my god! You get so excited for about you know a minute or two until you actually open yeah. it. Anyway, I ordered a burrito and you gave me a tortilla. Fucking you know bullshit! Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a ten track, ten songs long, um, and I think there's there's only like two or three. Twenty six minutes, right? Twenty six minutes, and there's a uh, two or mm-hmm. three three looks like songs on here that have not been uh, announced or, or known at least um, beforehand. So uh, that's sort of cool, but um, yeah. If you care about that stuff, check it out. Personally, I like to see the titles of the tracks as I listen to the song. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I don't really care yeah. out of context. Sometimes personally. it's just funny too, though. I don't know. Oh, definitely. No, it's definitely interesting. Check it out if you're at all interested. Mm-hmm. But but we're only going to be talking about stuff that actually we can put our ears on. Yep. Because uh, podcasting is a is a medium that comes through your ears. Uh huh. <laughs> um anyway and then one last little small tidbit is uh a last tidbit they're selling a hella mega tour bootleg t-shirts uh and these are sort of like mashup mashup t-shirts i don't know why they call them bootleg but basically it's like like there's one that has weezer like the actual band weezer like their picture on the cover and then it says like green day or fallout boy on top of it and then like oh that's so there's funny. like these like three different shirts that are just mixed up names like band names with the the bands you know um that actually that's pretty cool it's kind of silly I would yeah like any any combination that's green day for weezer or weezer for green day yeah let's leave fallout boy out of it oh ouch i'm sorry honestly weezer and fallout boy they're they're on the same level but I just want to put them on my body. That's all. <laughs> but, you know, actually, it's kind of fitting that we're talking about Hello Megatour, mm-hmm. Colin, because uh, I <laughs> oh, think God, it's been damn. far too long since we checked in no. on our, our long-running segment, Did You Get Them Yet? Did you get them yet, sweetheart? Did you get them yet? 
I uh, I didn't get them yet. I uh, of course we are talking about Hella Megator here. That is Green Day Summer Tour with Fallout Boy and Weezer on the bill. Uh, it's set to be an early two thousands uh, menage a trois, if you will. <laughs> Um, and it, it is sure to just be taste cr- so creamy and delicious in your mouth. Uh, of course, I already have my tickets being a Green Day fan, and I certainly had hoped my sweet co-hosting cousin would have them already. But I'm the truth so is, sorry again. I just, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't have anyone to go with. That's all. <laughs> oh, that's part all of right. it. Well, that's you know, part don't of it. Cry. There's no need <laughs> for that. You know, we're trying to have fun here, and now you're bringing the whole mood down. You're right. right? Just you're ask right. me if I got them yet. Why don't All you ask right. Me? Okay. Did you get them yet? Fuck. I did get them, and I got them years ago. That's not what? true. Hello, Megator tickets? No. I'm talking about American Idiot, the musical tickets. Yes, this was a long segue to me to get to a where were you talking about seeing American Idiot, the musical, without wanting to play that theme song again. Because Did You Get Them Yet is a good theme song is underutilized in our podcast. Very good point. I saw American Idiot, the musical, the album that we're talking about this week, and I just want to relay my personal experience with it before we got into the nitty gritty. Um, and a big part of that I wanted to address, that's that's something that extends past broad, the Broadway musical mm-hmm. and, and onto many other albums that I think are coming up, especially... And that's kind of the the uh, wave of toxic fandom. And when I say that, that's a term, that's a buzzword lately that's, I think, mostly been used to mean Star Wars fans oh. being upset at Disney's decisions with Star Wars. Huh. You know, The I Last Jedi, most recently, term. The Rise of Skywalker. It's all over all these YouTube video essays, like dissecting these films and, mm-hmm. and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how these fans who love a property so much will take out their vitriol and anger on the creators and the cast members. And, and famously, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose Tico, like had to leave social media because she was being uh, so much like bullied so often by these trolls online. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of racism and there's like a lot of disgusting yeah. stuff out there. And people always go, oh, toxic fandom. Yeah. Um, and that is a thing. That's fine. There are real animals out there. Uh, but you know, at at the end of the day, if you're taking the piss out of someone for being in a Star Wars film, like you're an idiot. Yeah, obviously. Like, like you're just a moron. The toxic fandom that I'm talking about is kind of a blind following. And it's where, and I've noticed this with Green Day a lot. There's a real dividing line, I think, between people who are willing to criticize Green Day and people who are not. Mm -hmm. And I think you're not you're kind of not a real fan if you're just blindly saying yes to everything that someone gives you. True. 100%. And and I noticed that a lot that that you know see on forums and stuff like oh I love if if you don't think there's a weak moment in the trilogy at all, I'm sorry. That's crazy. That's insane. Have you listened to the rest of the Green Day discography? Like give me a break. <laughs> and so I just think a lot of people they they mistake being a fan with loving every single thing that is put out by mm-hmm. like a, an artist or what have you. Yeah. And I just completely disagree with that. Yeah. And as someone, and maybe you feel that way too, but as someone who's, we're working on this podcast purely out of our deep devoted love for Green Day, mm-hmm. I feel like criticizing them often. Of and there's course. many decisions they've made I disagree with. 100%. I mean, because no one's perfect. And I like idol worship is, you know, 
bad in every sense of the word. I think we've talked about this in the past on the podcast, how, I mean, you look at anyone hard enough, you're going to find some really horrible shit about them, you know? And it's not, it doesn't just come down to, to art or whatever. It's just, you know, how the world is. Oh, nothing, nothing is perfect. Nothing is black or white. Totally. And, and beyond even on the personal level, mm-hmm. just like every movie that your direct your favorite director makes is not going to be your favorite movie yeah every song that your favorite band writes isn't going to be your favorite song exactly you know and, and it, you, it would you can appreciate that yeah and observe the artistic process which is i think what we're trying to do with this show exactly is kind of yeah. track the trajectory of green day but you don't have to like fall over like kissing the feet of something that is just kind of objectively you know mediocre very true very true and I, yeah and i would add too that um you know, if you're blindly praising every little thing, it sort of takes away from the one, the things that are truly, you know, special, you know? That's a great it's point. It's hard to, yeah, to exactly. differentiate at that point. <clears throat> exactly right. And, and that, yeah, that's, it's the whole thing of, if, if everything's great, everything's special, nothing's special. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And then you don't, you kind of lose the ability within yourself to be discerning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as to what you like and kind of what you're being told to like. Exactly. And yeah. that's that's a very dangerous territory that I think we've seen, you know, uh, the butterfly effect kind of blossom. I think you could just say in this time of, of history where where people are very willing to just kind of go along with things that it's are maybe true. just left their own devices would not do. Wake up, sheeple. Uh, <laughs> wake up, sheeple. American Idiot the Musical is not that great. <laughs> oh, shit. I could you say just, one thing just to came all the, out and said it. All right. If I could say one thing to everyone who voted for Trump out there, it was it's that American Idiot the Musical is not that great. And that's all. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just saying all these people who just, just listen to fake news, who just eat it up, okay, who, don't, yeah. who are, are fine eating everything. I just would say one thing, and that's Wake Up Sheeple, American Idiot the Musical is not that great. All right? Fair enough. Fair enough. That's all I have to say. That's mm-hmm. all I have to contribute to the conversation. All right. That's it. <laughs> And I'll probably cut all this for mentioning his name, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to have to mention his name in a second anyway. Exactly. Because um, we're about to talk about American Idiot, the musical. Um, yes, t- that was all a big prelude to saying that I did see this musical. Um, and- my family traveled out to New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had this fun tradition of going every Thanksgiving and seeing some Broadway shows and seeing the Macy's Day Parade. It was very fun. And and kind of we each got to choose a musical each each time we went. Um and I had chosen Spam a lot, like the years previous. Oh, and I'd always choose kind yeah. of like a funny musical. Yeah, that's great. It's a great one. Yeah. Um, and this year, American Idiot the Musical had come out. And holy shit, I was, of course, this was my choice. Yeah. We're going to see American Idiot. And so I, I make my, you know, like my family buys these expensive tickets for a Broadway show. And we get like good seats and we go. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited that we we on broadway and we we go into the theater and i before that we even enter the theater i know i want merch usually you decide if you want a t-shirt if you like the thing that you're about to see yeah but i just knew i was like this is my favorite so i bought the green day american idiot musical t-shirt before i even entered the theater and then i went into the musical and i saw the musical next to my entire family and and we we all see good plays all week you know we this is not the only show we're seeing on this trip yeah or have seen and again i'm a theater kid i know and i just i i appreciate this stuff and and upon leaving the theater it was just the strangest sensation of like no one 
maybe this is true, maybe it's not. I felt like no one wanted to make eye contact with me. <laughs> I felt there was just like, oh, well, okay, you know, and I'm holding this bag with the shirt in it. Ooh. I'm just feeling like, oh, man. Man, that sounds and awkward. Then, and there's just this kind of this knowing of like, oh, well, that uh, wasn't that great. We saw Wicked last night. I think I preferred Wicked. And the fucked up part is, in my heart of hearts, I'm going, I think I did too. Oh, no. And, and, but I loved the shirt so much that I only retired it this last year. And I just remember wearing it to school. And I was in theater, you know, I was in theater conservatory and I was mm-hmm. in all this plays and stuff. <clears throat> and, and everyone would ask, you know, what plays did you see? What did you see? And I told them American Idiot. And I just told them how disappointed I was in it. And they said, but you still bought the shirt. Because <laughs> I was, I'd wear it all the time. Because it's a green. Okay, dude, a Green Day shirt's a Green Day shirt. You know, I'm true, aware of it. True. Yeah. And it's like of this guy with like his knuckles on his knuckles are tattooed rage and love, and he's like grabbing a fence, and on the back it's like Green Day, American Idiot, the musical. Very cool. That does sound pretty I cool. Thought. Maybe you could just sharpie out the like musical part. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, oh, that's a good thought. I should <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll unretire it. There we go. But um, but but yeah, and then and then basically I just remember it all came to a head when my theater teacher. Because I told everyone my theater teacher heard that I didn't like it, but I would always still wear the shirt because I was such a dorky Green Day fan. Right, right. Luckily, amongst theater kids, people are very accepting. They could accept me true, as, a, true. as a Green Day fan. But <laughs> one of our guest speakers in theater conservatory was a member of the cast. Oh, shit. Of the original run of American Idiot, which is the which is what I saw. I saw the original cast. Right. Um. And he was there to talk, you know, he'd done many other plays and was there to just answer questions for us little high schoolers about, you know, life as an actor and blah, blah, blah. Of course. And right away, my theater teacher in a true moment of like clairvoyant dickishness uh, <laughs> said like he meant, oh, and I was an American idiot. Yeah. And he went, oh, yeah, Chris saw that. He didn't like it very much. Oh, it's my like, God. What the fuck? Are you trying to kill me right Holy here? Holy shit. What a jerk. Know, what the hell? Yeah. And so, and he went like, oh, really? The guy? And I was like, oh, yeah. And, you know, like, I just didn't think it was the best. Like, I just tried to recover, kind of. Mm-hmm. But here's what he did. He went, yeah, man, I know. He fucking No agreed. way. Yeah. Oh, my God. He didn't take it bad God. at all. Wait, he was who, like, who yeah, did he play? I know, yeah. Who did he play? He was one of the ensemble. He was oh, not okay. one of the main characters. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, a little, we, yeah, it's a little we, bit more. If been one more... of the main actors... What's that? That would have been a big deal. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If it had been one of the main cast, that would have been huge. But like he was just like a... Yeah, it's a little more acceptable yeah. for him. But uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, you just... Yeah. So that was that was interesting, though, that even people involved, I even have a little first-hand proof, were not necessarily incredibly stoked on this. Man, that is wild. I mean, that's the experience, really. Let's That takes us back, I think, to the facts about the album of the week, which yeah. is the soundtrack here to mm-hmm. American Idiot the Musical. So this was a play, uh, and mm-hmm. it was uh, kind of adapted and directed by uh, the man Michael Mayer, who is most famous and known for the being kind of the adapter, director, creator of the musical Spring Awakening. Okay. Uh, do you know what much Spring about Spring Awakening? Awakening? I've never even heard of it. Oh, really? Okay, so it was yeah, a very, I am not. I am not a uh, a play or, or musical oriented type person. I mean, I like them. I just have never, you know, gotten very into it. Yeah, no, it's funny. We're kind of two ends of the spectrum here, so that actually this might mm-hmm. be interesting. Cause, yeah, cause I'll, I'm curious to hear what you think about the adap- the musical adaptations coming up in a second. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, Spring Awakening was a, basically a very, very acclaimed Tony. Like he won all the Tonys, everything this year. That it was 2007, I believe. 
Spring Awakening mm-hmm. took over. It was like, and it used a lot of rock and alternative like stylings in its music. It was kind of considered like a rock musical. Um, okay, cool. And I don't yeah. know if you ever heard like the "You're Fucked" is a song in it. Yeah, you're fucked, all right, and that's the truth. Like that's so like a mm. lot of like very edgy songs about youth yeah. being disaffected. So he seems like the perfect choice for an American <clears throat> idiot musical adaptation. Definitely. Yeah. Um so he he became involved in that uh and and basically this entire journey uh of him Green Day kind of wanting to do this and Michael Mayer approaching them about adapting it and the whole process of them seeing if this could even work is uh, documented right. in a Broadway idiot, which is this, I, I saw it a long time ago. Um, and uh, yeah, it is, it's a very self-serving doc. It, mm-hmm. it, it's following Green Day and Michael Mayer and the whole cast as they practice and build the show. And yeah, it's just, it's truly like a, it's just a PR piece. Honestly, it's not a documentary I would yeah. recommend even as I, as much as you might love Green Day. Uh <laughs> You know, it's, 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 there's only a few green day things we would not recommend. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a fluff piece, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing, I mean, honestly, the most interesting moment in it, and you can see it in the trailer, you don't even have to watch the whole thing is, uh, at, and it, this is aged, uh, not aged like milk, aged like wine, actually. It's that Donald Trump shows up to the American idiot musical premiere. And oh, there's God. interview with Billy being like, so I saw Donald Trump show up and I'm like, what are you even doing here? Like, do you know what this is about? Oh, God. Pretty good BJ, by the way. And <laughs> yes, like, like, so, and it's just, you know, obviously he's, he's doing, he's in doing other things now, Mr. Donald Trump, but that's like it, that's crazy that, and, you know, it's kind of showing how uh, Broadway's a place where a bunch of kind of hacks can come to enjoy what they, you know, like it's, this is co-opting rock and roll. This is co-opting punk. Right. That's how right, I right, feel right. about it. And it's, and it's so much so that you can have fucking Donald fucking Trump show up to your premiere, you know, and yeah. be talking on the red carpet to interviewers. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing, you know, Green that Day is... can't do a thing about it. And I yeah, kind of feel I mean, like you course. put yourself in that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Broadway does not really seem like the type of place for uh, a punk rock opera. That said, I just I I don't want to say like it can't be done, but yeah, upon listening to this, I I felt like it can't be done. Here, and here's what I'll say: it can it can absolutely be done. Dear Evan Hansen, mm-hmm. the one I was talking about earlier, mixed. Right. I was appreciating they mix elements of rock and pop and. Uh, and, but, oh, okay. but that's the thing: is it didn't forget it was a musical. I just think it's it right. is its own genre of music. And it's very, mm-hmm. my trouble is taking an existing album and adapting it into a musical. It's very difficult. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ABBA did it with Mamma Mia, but that was tr- that was selecting songs from their discography. It wasn't a single album. Right, right, right. Um, I just wanted to ask too, like go back for a second. You mentioned that Michael Mayer approached Billy Joe about the the play. Well, that, that's the that thing is, is he... he Green Day was interested in doing this. Okay. It was, and I'm not sure if someone had kind of told them like, oh, that would be fun to do that. Or if they came up with it on their own. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe. Um, yeah. I'm just wondering where the idea originated. I mean, the idea originated, I believe, with Michael Mayer and Green Day coming to the table together. Again, I'm sure there's common interests where money 
you know, and, and agents or whatever. Of involved. course, so, yeah, yeah. That, and that's the thing where I, f- I feel weird repeating even what I heard on the doc because I don't know how much of that's very genuine. Because um, mm-hmm. the way they'll say it is like, inspiration struck and Michael Mayer, uh, you know, wanted to adapt it and it just came together very naturally. Oh, well, but yeah, like, that's right. crazy. Okay. Of course it didn't, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't even, I don't truly know. I just know Green Day let it happen one way or another. Right, you know? right, right. At any mm-hmm. moment, they could have put the kibosh on this and been like, ah, "This isn't, you know, this isn't good." And it, and it's not yeah. really their fault for not knowing what musical theater is, but yeah. it is their fault yeah. for kind of I don't know. I think putting their greatest masterpiece on the chopping block, like right? This. Well, I, I, and I also wonder too, because um, I know they thought about doing a movie for years and years and years. There's always been talk right, about with American HBO, Indian I movie. believe. Yeah, and I I know the production even started at some point um must have ended i think but i just wonder if that if uh you know that got canceled basically because billy joe or the band or whatever decided you know we can't do this right especially after so. the, the play i mean yeah on, i'll be honest with you. yeah yeah what you're talking about is that this this musical came out it premiered on broadway obviously a bunch of people like me a bunch of green day fans saw it they released the album um and and it, it, I mean, frankly, it did really well. It, it debuted at number forty three on the Billboard two hundred, which is crazy mm-hmm. for music. That's one of the highest charting musical soundtracks of the modern day. So, like, basically, there was yeah, a lot of success associated with this project at the beginning. You know, yeah, um, yeah. And even here, it says that the album won Best Musical Show Album at the fifty third Grammy Awards, uh, which to me is crazy. But yeah, again, yeah. I don't mean the competition that year, whatever, you know, it, at least it is well recorded. But essentially, there was all this success. They released a single, which was 21 Guns, uh, which is a, a kind of a beautiful version of 21 Guns. We'll get into that in a little second. You know, we, and again, that's rare to do a single for a musical album. They normally don't yeah, release singles because yeah. it's in I've support of the that, show. Yeah. But of course, because it's Green Day, it's this pop you know, rock band releasing kind of this pop rock adaptation musical they do mm-hmm. a single and the single is really 21 guns you know it's got violins it's got this beautiful uh singer rebecca naomi watts on it um i'm sorry mm-hmm. what's her name rebecca naomi jones wait naomi me. watts <laughs> yeah naomi watts that was a little slip of the celebrity tongue there it mm-hmm. sounds i was really enticed by it when that first came out and that's really to drum up the excitement of the Green Day fandom, basically saying, come to New York, see this musical. If it's touring, come see the musical. You know, like bring the Green Day fans out uh, yeah. into yeah, the yeah, yeah. musical territory. Get excited mm-hmm. about a Broadway show. And and I think off of all this, uh, it, you know, and it, and it started its run in New York, it, it got optioned for a film, uh, and I believe HBO got the rights. Oh, okay. And they were talking about Billy Joe Armstrong playing uh, St. Jimmy. So mm-hmm. I, I think Billy, that probably is what piqued Billy Joe's interest was the idea of, uh, you know, getting to act and star and yeah. a, a film kind of based on his own work. Exactly. Interested yeah. in. And he has since been in, in a film, right? Um, I can't even remember the name of it right now. Uh, do you, do you recall ordinary world? I believe ordinary be, world used to be called, you, yeah. uh, was originally titled geezer that I'm hoping to do on our, uh, green day master cinema series, uh, after, uh, father of all comes out, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so you're correct. This musical came out, reviews were pretty good, but there's, but mostly it was buzz. 
And so there's this idea that they would make a movie and it has never happened. And in fact, it's disappeared. I, you're right. I think it went into pre-production, but poof, we haven't heard of it since. Yeah, it kind of just disappeared. Yeah. Which maybe fortunately, it could be unfortunately. I don't know. And, it might, be, it might be a whole, good movie. My whole point in that whole tie right there was I think that it wasn't that maybe Green Day lost passion in the project. I think it was more they saw how the fandom reacted long term to the Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because I think at first there was a lot of buzz. I think at first there was a lot of excitement, and I think it as more and more people saw it, I this and, and and as the album came out and you heard all the Broadway versions of these songs, it it didn't feel uh like they were taking punk to Broadway. It felt Broadway was taking it to Green Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I don't know, this doesn't feel too great. I think, yeah, I think I'll I'll get into that <laughs> as soon as we start listening to it. But real fast, the, the art was uh from Chris Bilheimer, of course, sticking with our good guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Doug Hamilton um did the photography, uh, and Kevin Byrne. Last little fun factoid that kind of intersects with Billy playing St. Jimmy in the film adaptation is unfortunately kind of talking about the buzz and then the not so buzz. After the initial run, the ticket sales were not so fantastic for American Idiot the Musical. And as a way of kind of rejuvenating the project, they it was suggested that Billy Joe should play St. Jimmy for certain performances of the show, replacing actor Vincent. Um, okay, yeah. Tony Vincent, pardon me, replacing Tony Vincent, who plays St. Jimmy in the original uh, and and in the and again in the documentary they tell you differently. They tell you it was a very organic idea. And Michael Mayer came up to Billy and was like, "Hey, crazy idea! Would you want to play Saint Jimmy sometimes?" And Billy going like, "Oh my God! Do you think I really could? Oh wow!" But that's <laughs> that's horseshit. It's that ticket sales weren't great. So the whole draw is Green Day. What if we had a member of Green Day in the musical? So of course, and of course, Billy jumps at that opportunity. He he's a performer and and went for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was great. Let's let's hop in the one by ones. So first up here we have uh, American Idiot. Surprise, surprise. Track. Yep. So pretty much immediately, uh, well, I guess I'll let him start singing first. <laughs> yeah, and we should mention Green Day is playing the instruments here. Mm-hmm. But and that everything else is different. Right. <laughs> Basically, His, uh, you, you can hear John Gallagher Jr.'s the the lead. He's playing one of the, the main character here, Jesus of Suburbia or Johnny, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I, I I think John Gallagher Jr. has has proven himself to be a very good actor, but I do not think he's good in this role at all. And his voice is the first offense. It's too I'm glad Broadway. that you said that because I was just about to say like I, you know, I listened to this album this week for the first time in probably a decade. And, I mean, I'll say this throughout the album, but it it was immediately obvious. I hate the guy's voice. It is just like does not fit. It doesn't fit. It's of, too Broadway. Of, this is going to be a running yeah, it, theme. Looking, through it's this. not. Um, it's not like punchy, you know, like Billy's is. And that's what I was going to say just now too. Is that like I think if Billy was playing St. Jimmy, at least some of the songs I would have liked a lot more probably. Well, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll counter that in in a, in a few songs, but I hear that okay. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and yeah, but but just with American Idiot, it's uh, you know the recordings are Mike, Billy, and Trey playing. They re-recorded all these for the Broadway show, 
So it is them, so the, the instrumentals can sound okay. And I'll be honest, when I saw it live, you know, all the musicians are on stage. The way they stage it's very cool that you can see all the musicians playing all this stuff. And that part's very oh, cool. cool. Yeah. Like, it sounds that good. That is good. So it's but, sort of a concert, too. Yeah, yeah, that. some of that, and to an extent. But, but yeah, the minute they start singing, and I don't know if they even did more effects or more tuning in the, like, in the studio when they were getting ready to release these for the album. But yeah, something about John Gallagher Jr.'s vocals just sound way too polished to fit in this world of American Idiot. Exactly. That's 100%. Yeah. Um, well, shall we mosey on over? Let's mosey on over. This is Jesus of Suburbia. We're about to, I think it'll be a similar situation here. Yeah, almost exactly. Yeah. The, the only part of this song that I, I did enjoy, I would say, this version of this song, I should say. Sure. Um was Dearly Beloved, actually, which I, I know is a bizarre, like, change from the rest That's of the so song. That's so funny. I know, because I, I, yeah, I saw your note there, but... I made a note that I honestly, was like... Honestly... <laughs> I, I just think, and, and it's not, I, I basically, on the transition to Dearly Beloved, and we'll cut to that right here, but uh, they they bring in the, the singer, Mary Faber, who plays the girlfriend of one of the, the characters here. Uh, and and she starts singing. It's not that it's a female voice. I think the female voices in this. There actually we need more females in this musical. I was just about yeah. That but was another. I, it's the key album change. Wide. It's the key change yeah. that drives me crazy. If you're no, singing totally along agree. and you're used to the, you're, you're singing along to one of your favorite songs, Jesus of Suburbia. This will throw you for a loop. Yeah, I was super confused at first, but I, because it sounds like a different song, basically, like it sounds yeah. like you just changed tracks. But the fact is, I really like the way she sang it, you know? I like, I almost wish they like separated it out from the rest of the song or something, mm. you know? Well, she but sounds, anyway. I agree. She sounds good. I just think the choice, you could make it an octave higher. You know, it's mm-hmm. already very high. Billy's already singing pretty high at that part of the melody. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't I didn't think a key change was necessary. But it, and, yeah. and, and again, yeah. as a fan, as someone who knows the song, which is what this is supposed to be kind of drawing, you know, those people, yeah. it's jarring. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, is, other, the other big complaint. The violins I, are really cool, though, too. Oh, and that's another thing, dude. It, is that I wish there was more violence. Fr- frankly, I do too. One hundred percent. Yeah, album wide, actually. A, a big problem with this album is that they kind of wuss out in certain elements and then go too far in others. Where mm-hmm. I feel like, look, if you're going to adapt Green Day for Broadway, adapt Green Day for Broadway. Just fucking do it. Rip the bandaid off. Like, I mm-hmm. want full rearrangements, motherfucker. Like, please. That's how I felt. They sounded pretty much the same, and occasionally there'd be a new violin or something, which I got stoked about, by the way. I fucking right. love violin. But, like, yeah, no, it was way too few and far between. And and, and that um, that and her, what's her face? What's uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> actually, though, actually, though, her singing and the violins are the two things that, like, really saved this album for me. Well, they didn't say, oh, but they were gosh. the best parts of the album. I completely yeah. agree, and we'll get to her shining moments in a second. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, and and yeah, just to clear things up, I should have said this earlier. Is like we're talking. I, I saw the play, and there's a very different plot to the play than there is the album, the concept album, American Idiot. Oh. They huh. they added more characters. They split people up to be more people. Just because if you're gonna fill an hour and a half. They had to take some liberty, like they had to develop stuff because American Idiot, the album, is this collection of letters written mostly like in the third or second person. Yeah. And uh, and it's 
very removed. It's not a, I did this, I did that. It's you did this, she did that. You know, it's remembering. Yeah. It's never yeah, yeah. actually happening. And that's, I think, the first big notch against this and adapting it is mm-hmm. uh, normally I'm against changing lyrics and whatnot or changing arrangements. You know, I want to hear the song as I know it. But I think they should yeah. have taken more. Li- they should have. Ch- they could have changed lyrics to be in a you know the first person to make things more active. Right. That uh, would make sense. Yeah. Because because I don't even want to talk about the plot. Is stupid as fuck to this musical. Having mm-hmm. seen it, having rewatched it on YouTube, it's just a it's dumb waste of time. They draw out and make unnecessarily labored decisions to essentially accentuate what is American Idiot the album, which is a very simple plot. You know. Um, yeah it is and and that's why it's beautiful exactly you don't come away with anything more having seen this with all the extra characters and all the extra blah 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 and so so that's all i just want to say is like we're talking about the music and how it hits us as green day fans i know the plot i've seen it and i don't even care to discuss it at all you know i'll bring it up once in a while but (laughs) whatever one other thing that's interesting is i think a lot of these singers you kind of identified this earlier they don't have the grit of billy joe exactly it's like i would Easily take him any day. As you a need some for balls, these. right? Yeah, and, yeah. And frankly, uh, some like yeah, tales gravel in your voice. Tales of another broken home. I think is is a perfect example of that. If you listen to this, Billy does this thing where he will slur his words. He's a good California boy. He doesn't pronounce his T's at all, just like me. <laughs> and and I love it because he can make these odd things rhyme, almost like M M&M and M with orange and door hinge. He's going. Oh right, you yeah. know. So I run, I run away to find mm-hmm. what I believe. Right, that rhymes. When yeah, you yeah, hear yeah. It, sing like that. Yeah. This is the Broadway people, and I'll cut it in here, but no exaggeration. So I run, I run away to find what I believe. That is Ugh. seriously what they say, and it's like, don't yeah. you understand that you're betraying the rhyme? when doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's like why it's a good line. <laughs> well, like, yeah, it, it rhymes because of the way he sings it. He kind of yeah. slightly mispronounces things or just he has his own affectation. And there are so few singers. I think Rebecca, uh, Naomi Jones, and Tony Vincent are the only two who are actually able to kind of do the Billy Joe correctly where everything sounds like it should. Because right, if you right, sing right. these pure pop or pure Broadway... They do sound a little ridiculous because things need that Billy Joe fucked up, half exactly. fake British, yeah. half California accent. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. All right, and after that, I mean, and that that's a trend. Let's let's see it carry forward. Yeah. Here. Number three. I think these these opinions we're gonna be hearing throughout the album pretty much. Yeah. Holiday. It's holiday. Now, dude, what do you think about this bass riff at the beginning? It's it's actually pretty sick. I I really like it. I think it too. That's, yeah, that's the one, (laughs) honestly, I think we're going to agree a lot throughout this album. That's the one thing I liked about this song. Again, the vocals were bullshit. Oh my Uh, God. Especially the bridge. They totally fuck up the bridge. The bridge is a nightmare. It pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so, yeah. So it's just, it's, it's, it's cool. Truly, the intro isn't that interesting. It's just they took away the guitars and let Mike do the bass line. That's all. But Mm -hmm. honestly, that's how easily pleased we are. Do something like that. We're into that. But exactly. stick to the fucking song, please. Okay, because you're exactly. right. This bridge, which is iconic. Uh, yeah. And, and I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll put some of bang, it right here. Bang! Bang! Oh God! So have you? <laughs> they just can't say anything right. 
Colin, Sorry. have you ever seen uh, the the musical film adaptation, uh, the the Beatles adaptation across the universe? I have not. No. I, okay. For one, I'd recommend it to anyone out there who hasn't seen it. It's it's truly fantastic. If you're if you're theater minded, you know, I'll, I'll right, say. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, but, yeah, no, I'd I'd love to see but it. But anyway, any Beatles yeah. fan, I think, would really like it. But but I think they adapt. It's, they take a bunch of a collection of all the best Green Day songs and tell essentially this classic story of the 60s and if we're being honest it is the same it's the same story as american idiot it's musically inclined boy artist boy leaves his home to travel you know from britain goes to travel to america you know Mm -hmm. while we're the vietnam and the revolution of of free love in the 60s is happening right and and ends up getting you know too involved too strung out and having to getting kicked back home and then having to kind of reckon with all these things he did. But it's told through these mm-hmm. Beatles songs. It's beautiful. Um, so fully recommend. And I think I do think Green Day aped a lot of it, especially in this musical adaptation. N- that None of that is to say. The only point I'm trying to make here is I think the Bridge of Holiday, which you're hopefully hearing right now, is essentially what Across the Universe did to the benefit of Mr. Kite, which is I, I, a sore thumb on the soundtrack of Across the Universe where the guy hmm. does this kind of speak singing for the benefit mm-hmm. of Mr. Kite. There will be a song tonight on trampoline. It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It's almost yeah. worse, worse than that, where they don't follow the melody. They kind of like, oh, we made it our own. And he speaks Exactly, and yeah. And that's what they did. We're like, yeah, bang, bang goes the broken glass, man. Oh, God. It's, uh, so it's like cringy. nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. yeah. So like, anyway. It's like, honestly, sorry. I could even enjoy this holiday adaptation it could be fine but the bridge makes it unbearable it really does yeah 100 percent. speaking of things makes that me are sad. bearable i think this one's bearable <laughs> as track four is boulevard of broken dreams uh it's okay yeah it's okay okay well we might disagree on this one sweet colino because okay my, my opinion on on boulevard of broken dreams here it's it's uh during the show it's john gallagher jr the actor uh gets up and he actually plays acoustic guitar he's actually playing on at least when we see it on stage um right so that right. that honestly added a spark to the show that felt like oh someone act like you know like a one of these actors playing this music that actually felt like yeah. something as opposed to this bullshit just singing on top of it i mean okay honestly if i saw that in person i'd probably appreciate it definitely more um, yeah that said i my only complaint with this song is that it's just bland you know they don't do anything like drastically bad with this one but it's just boring to me it is and certainly... honestly i'm not i'm not a huge boulevard of broken dreams fan anyway so that's probably part of it well that, that, that's funny it. that's how i feel because i i think i might even like this more than the original oh wow. because I, I don't like, know if i'd say that i like the little like electronic kind of drum kit coming in the background um mm-hmm. And then the build-up to the the back end, I think, is amazing. I love the violin doing the the kind of that guitar part, and the whole ensemble singing the woes, and, and the way it just builds to that. Actually, I I do like the ensemble part. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that for sure. And the whole build to the the last time where they tie in City of the Damned into the the very ending stretch with the guitar solo. Yeah, yeah, that was sort of interesting. I didn't so expect. I that. I really liked all that, and I and again, that's them taking liberties with this song and changing it in ways that I think are really effective for a Broadway show, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, that's fair. And and again, kind of what, to your point, I'm finding with this album, the songs that I'm less attached to, I mind the changes the least. 
<laughs> which is like obvious, right? But it's like if I don't, yeah, no, that if makes it's sense. Not Jesus of suburbia, like your baby. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, change it up. That's fine. And with Boulevard Broken Dreams, <laughs> I don't care that much. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Honestly, I think that might be true for my for me too. Um, but I, I'm not totally sure. We'll see as we go forward. Well, good. A good test of that, man, is, is how do you feel about this next mm-hmm. one, track five, which is a uh, favorite son. Uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay because I I actually don't know this song um, very well. I, is it right. in a, is it a B side or something? This was a B side for American Idiot. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so I, I've only heard this song, the real one, like a few times. Um, so it's kind of new to me anyway, and I think right. I really liked it because of that, because it didn't feel like they were like ripping off a Green Day song in a bat like poorly, you know. That, that's I um, think that's ultimately what I feel too, but I also love the composition. I think it's a fantastic, fun like pop mm-hmm. punk song, and in the musical it is placed well. It it's it's basically kind of this this sex god recruiting people for the American army, you know. It's you know you send your favorite son, you know, mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. to the war type thing. Right. So, right. And and the thing that they they include a lot of 21st century breakdown songs in this uh, musical, mm-hmm. and and I like that less than them actually including the American Idiot B sides because the B sides at least were originally intended to be part of the narrative and story. Yeah, and are kind I agree. of you know it's in that same spirit where the 21st century breakdown ones I usually I'm pretty cynical about actually. I'm I'm uh, hit or miss on the 21st century breakdown ones. Most of them, though, I will say, feel like, especially with 21 Guns, felt like they threw it in just because they knew it was a crowd pleaser. You know, like it was just it was just for the money. Well, how do you feel about this next one? Are we the waiting? Are we the waiting? Is I mean, I, I, don't I feel know. kind of the same about it. Where it's, it's like. It's like it, it. It's a very simple, uh, big ensemble sung song. No matter what, like when Green Day performs it, it kind of mm-hmm. still feels this way. Yeah. So I actually I, mind this one less. Yeah, I, I think it just sounds almost identical, actually, to the original. So I guess that's what I'm saying. It's kind like of a, it's the it's least kind offensive. Of boring. Yeah, it's not offensive, but it's just not particularly interesting either. But well, um, you know that what is said, though, the, the drums, right? the drums at the end, dude, that is sick, though. <laughs> I'm gonna skip to that right now. Yeah, yeah, because because the cool thing is knowing that you know it wasn't played this way every night by the band, but in studio, the recordings we're hearing right now are all Billy, Mike, and Trey. It's Green Day, and so mm-hmm. right now we get to hear Trey Cool rip a fucking fat drum solo, just real I fast. Know. It makes me wonder why Green Day doesn't just do drum solos more often. Like, Trey can pull off some pretty cool shit. He sure can. He's just such a badass. Um, I know. And, and so God bless him. And, and and we don't get to hear it enough. So, like, I I do appreciate that giving us a chance to to hear some of that. That, yeah, of course, yeah. leads into St. Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and TBH, this one I, I don't mind at all. This sounds, again, kind of faithfully adapt, like almost just like a cover. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not as bad as some. Um, honestly, I know there's a different guy, but I still am not a huge fan of the voice. Oh, really? Um, maybe it's just because I'm like st- too stuck on Billy, you know, but it just well, doesn't really do it for me still. No, yeah. What, what, what I was gonna say earlier was that this was this is obviously the introduction of the character Saint Jimmy. You know, who's kind of a part mm-hmm. of uh, 
Jesus of Suburbia's mind, or whatever, in this in this fucking thing. He's you know obviously embodied by a real per- actor, real person. Um, yeah. And he was played by Tony Vincent, and that's who I saw of the original cast. And I just remember when he came out, I I was feeling so awkward sitting there next to my family and and this entire audience watching the show. And when Tony mm-hmm. Vincent came out, I just felt so much better. I was like, maybe things will be all right. Because maybe you don't <laughs> like it, but he certainly does have more grit to his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sings Know Your Enemy later on, too. And I just think he has so much more of a rock, fuck you vibe than John Gallagher Jr., who's so clean he and does, polished. He does, but it's still not there, you know? <laughs> it's, it's not, not the hard same. to be. But I'm just saying, yeah. amongst Broadway folk, I this is a much-needed improvement. Agreed. Um, Agreed. It's better. And, it's and, better and than the other guy. Something about his presence. He he's uh, he looks like a rock star. So I was down with mm-hmm. this guy. Yeah, I imagine seeing a lot of this would would alter opinion a little bit for sure. Yeah, maybe <laughs> for better or maybe. worse. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, True. But I yeah, uh, I, I just wanted to say, and and, and that's I, I think what's her name, Rebecca Naomi Jones and Tony Vincent yes. are, are the two highlights because they. Mm-hmm. made me feel excited for what this project could have been as opposed to kind of what it turned out to be. Right. Like, oh, if right. we had more people like you, this could have been really cool. <laughs> but the the pain's almost too much, you know, Colin? Yeah. You, you live numb, and you learn. You want to numb yourself well, up sometimes, don't you? <laughs> you do. You do. Yeah. And that brings us to our uh, Makes me see, wanna track number give eight, me I believe. Nova give you Kane. Some... Yep. Um, now this one, I will say actually that this is probably the first one on this album that I really like. Oh, I don't know. Dude, you like this one, huh? I really like I, this I one. I like it too. Yeah. Um, it's not that different from the original, but it's enough that I actually think I might like it more. It's crazy, but I might. I don't even know what it is exactly. It's maybe it's the polished vocals work better for a song that's a little more chill like this, you know? I agree. I mean, it's a very pretty melody. It's beautiful, yeah. And and yeah, I, I love the uh, the the kind of they slow build to the what's going to be the the kind of the final verse and guitar solo. And, yeah, and I, yeah, it's done really well. I wish they did more of it, where they they use the power of a Broadway stage and having a whole ensemble of singers to kind of oh, like build up yeah. to the to the big just kick ass moment. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I, are there? I, there's violins in the back for the first like half, right? Yeah. The like, the really slow ones. Yeah, and I wish there was more of that stuff. I, really, I wish I really there was a wall of it, too, yeah. a whole symphony. Yeah. Because uh, we're on Broadway, baby. Let's just do it. I will Hell say, yeah. plot-wise, that a Give Me Novocaine is a bit more of a uh, rip-off of um, Across the Universe because I mm-hmm. feel like it. The, the, the sequence is this guy who's gone to war has now come back injured and the nurse is taking care of him and giving him, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. painkillers. And then he's fantasizing about floating and dancing with her. And there's this whole sequence where they're like on strings dancing like midair with this like nurse because he's you know so high that he's imagining this. And that's intercut right. with uh, Jesus of Suburbia, like trying drugs for the first time. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. And, and, and but essentially that exact same sequence happens in Cross Universe where someone's back from Vietnam and the nurses are you know it's happiness mm-hmm. is a warm gun is the Beatles song they use uh, yeah, yeah yeah which also works great for you know injecting uh, mm-hmm. and, and so just things like that I just go like ah, ah. 
Like, just because like, it's know, a ripoff. So, someone yeah. else did it better. Well, not even that. Someone else did it better. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and again, another thing that you can get annoyed at as a as a Green Day fan listening is they changed uh, "Tell Me Jimmy, I Won't Feel a Thing" to "Tell Me Johnny, I Won't Feel a Thing." Oh, come on! Which is one of the characters' names. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, singing along in the car, singing, you know, as a fan, you just feel punished for being a Green Day fan. I know that's that's because because the the moments that they I, I'm fine with them changing lyrics to make it more interactive. But mm-hmm. the I'm like that was already written. It was saying, "Tell me, Jimmy." I don't like tell me like his alter ego, Jimmy, is saying, "Shoot up drugs. It's good for you, right? It'll make right. you feel better." Yeah. And he's saying, "Tell me, Jimmy. I don't feel like I want the comfort." So it's yeah. it's already written in there. Why do you have to change it to John? You know what I mean? Like it's the parts yeah, that actually it, were it interconnected and good are being ignored. Yeah. So yeah, you just feel punished for caring about the album. <laughs> Uh, right, and right. speaking of punishment, oh my track God. nine, Last of the American Girls slash, hey, she's a rebel. Not the guitarist, man. We're combining two songs, Last of the American Girls slash, she's a rebel. I I cannot believe that they decided this was a good mashup or whatever you want to call it. Med, they they probably called it medley or whatever, but like it basically is a mashup, a really poorly done mashup. This is opinion. a mess, isn't it? It's it's insane that they thought that this was a good idea. Um, they must have just thought, oh, they're both written about like women. Like, let's just put them together. Like, that's so fucking Dude, stupid. That's you know? exactly it. You nailed it. That's what I that's, thought too. It's, it's like, like it's kind of it's both sexist and just poorly done. You know, because it's, it's and, ridiculous. And also not having like the girls singing any of it. Um, I know. I know. The whole thing. The whole thing just pissed me off. It really the did. only thing I like about it, I will say, are the violins in the last of the American Girl, girl parts. The, like, I'm, I'm with the you. Really just that, yeah, and and that's just like a sample of like what could have been. You're like, well, more of that. No, but don't mash up these songs. They they essentially play the same role on each of their respective albums. But so just mm-hmm. choose one, right? And since look at the title that exactly. you're making, American Idiot, the musical. Choose She's a Rebel, the one that's on the fucking album. Exactly. I yeah. I do not understand why. I honestly think it was probably because like Last American Girls was a single, and they like. Oh, we have to put it on there because it was a single, a recent single, you know. But that's why, yeah, exactly. We're anyway. like, oh, wouldn't, we thought it'd be a fun challenge for ourselves to try to, you know, like yeah. some bullshit like that. Yeah, it, 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 no, it's this, this song really pisses me off. Everything about it, and 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 the moments that they do just do the the she's a rebel stuff, you go like, oh, this mm-hmm. could be cool, you know? Yeah, this but would have been much better by itself. It's just fucked with the combination. I yeah, yeah, nothing good to say about that. Um, anyway, let's move on. I, this song makes me angry. Good, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that brings us to another 21st century breakdown track. Thankfully, this one is just on its own. Uh, this is mm. Last Night on Earth, track 10. I don't know if it's just because it was after that last one, but I actually really do like this one. Um, I, yeah, I don't know I'm what it you. is. It's it just it just like feels really uh, really emotional or whatever, really touching in a good way. It does, and, and I'm going to say uh, that I mean. This is a very well-written song. This actually feels much more like something you would find in a musical, you know? Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. lot of these songs uh, are pop rock songs that, I'm, you know, I love them, but they don't really have any business inside a musical, you know? Yeah, and They true. don't really yeah. advance a story. Uh, this one kind of does. And it's a story of two lovers. It's very sweet. 
mm-hmm. and I, I I like kind of the laid back, kind of sparse production. You know, with their very yeah, pretty voices, it works on this pretty song. Yeah, and another again, like I I think it might be that the polished vocals, what's what's his face's polished vocals might work better with these like low key songs where, you know, you're not really you don't have to put in that that like gravelly edge or whatever that that Billy Joe usually has. Absolutely. And this is actually Tony Vincent singing, who's the the St. Oh, Jimmy okay. character. Right. Um, so he's just better all around, it sounds I think like. he's better all around. But but yeah. this the interesting thing and why he's singing and not John Gallagher Jr.'s character in this is the context mm-hmm. of this, which I think is kind of, kind of bums me out, is that this is in the play is when Johnny uh, and What's-Her-Name mm-hmm. shoot up together for the first time. And they oh. get into drugs. And and that uh, kind of ruins the song for me. This should feel, just be right? pure a pure thing. It yeah. should be pure love song. And, exactly. And, and isn't give me Novocaine the shooting up heroin? Why do we have to? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And don't get her involved in this mess. She's the best part of this musical. Exactly. Yeah. And oh my god, her voice in this song, by the way, is oh, it just came in. She's yeah. she's so good. Yeah. She's she's ridiculous. Like I. I I fall in love with her every time I, I hear her sing, and then every time one of these stupid yeah. men with their big old flapping penises come in, I'm like, "Shut up! <laughs> Let her finish, please." So true, so she true, so good. And you were just, you just, yeah, yeah. But but so that's last, last night on Earth. Uh, I think it's it's a beautiful song when Billy sings it, mm-hmm. but it it is such a polished, beautiful song that I think uh, anyone can sing it. It is actually a really you know anyone with a good voice uh and it's right like a, right right <laughs> it's a very it just stands up it 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 still works it does you know yeah. i don't i don't this feel that way about track. jesus of suburbia right i feel like billy should mm-hmm. be singing that but this Agreed. is this is Agreed. this is for anyone yeah uh, i this is a this is another one that was a b-side this is one i'm less familiar with and maybe mm-hmm. that's the reason i like it more this is too much yeah. too soon track 11 I think it's a great hook. I think it's really catchy. And yeah, I really like it. The lyrics are, you know, fun. Mm-hmm. Even in this Broadway version of itself, I can still enjoy it, you know? Yeah. The other the other B-side included uh, Favorite Son. I think I prefer mm-hmm. the Broadway version of Favorite Son. Too much too soon, this track, I prefer the Green Day version. Absolutely. Okay, Interesting. I actually, I haven't listened to the Green Day version in a while, so I should check that out. I'm not sure. Um, I do really like, though, the, I don't know what you'd call it. It's not call and response, but it's, you know, the way the verses sort of go back and forth yeah. between the two of them. Oh, yeah, it's a I actually really, really totally. dig that idea, you know? Yeah. W- w- between her um, and the guy and, and their arguing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and in the play, this is, she's, uh, this is a different character. It's not Johnny. It's someone else and his girlfriend, but she's uh, pregnant and having a baby. And he's just kind of sitting on the couch, not doing anything, not taking responsibility. And she decides yeah. she's going to leave him. She's going to leave his ass. That's good. Yeah. So this is like <laughs> empowering for her. This is too much too soon. And I'm now it sucks to be you too. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think this is a great Broadway adaptation of it. I, I don't mind it at all. And, yeah. and what I like a lot of these songs lack is that there's a clear driving narrative throughout the song. You don't just get through the first verse and then it's just repetition uh, as far mm-hmm. as the characters go. This is a very active song for the characters. You know, it's her packing up and leaving and them arguing. And it's fun. You're right. Them call and responding. Them kind of having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It, that it's enticing. It's what we need more of. Exactly. Yeah. It makes total sense, it seems like. Um, well, anyway, should we uh, mosey on to track 12 here? That's right. Track 12. Uh, 
the first uh, before the lobotomy. That's right. The first before the lobotomy. <laughs> you, you thought it was impossible to get multiple lobotomies, but Green Day are here to prove you you're know, wrong. They'll take out small sections at a time. That's right. It's a double feature creature. And 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 this is, I mean, it, it's very pretty on 21st Century Breakdown, uh, its original form. With yeah. Billy yeah. singing it. And it's really pretty here. It's, this is kind of like Last Night on Earth, where yeah, it's uh, it sounds like it's meant to be a musical, actually, because it's exactly. just a very pretty melody. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of this one. Um, I'd say this and Last Night on Earth, actually, are probably my two favorites on this album. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, that's a good one. I think what also helps is very simple instrumentation, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it, and it lets the vocals just kind of grow. Uh, Agreed. It's important because Green Day mm-hmm. is so rocking and so guitar-driven often that I like that's not the type of stuff you would write for a musical, typically. True. You know, yeah. you let the vocals lead. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This does that very well. Of course, that that leads into number thirteen here, "Extraordinary Girl," and I love the vocal riff. Mm-hmm. That they they have the. The kind of the harmonies and and her singing that that riff melody throughout the song mm-hmm. is beautiful. I, I love that. Yeah, I I yeah I really dig this this track. Um, I mean it's pretty similar to the to the, the original uh, album the album version. Yeah, but, I mean it's done well. You know, there's I don't think there's anything wrong with this one. My oh my biggest complaint is that I I want extraordinary girl who is a character in this play by the way. She's not what's her name. Mm-hmm. It's a different character. Uh, oh, okay. Extraordinary Girl is like one of the guy, one of the ones the other guys is in love with. Um, see, so uh-huh. again, that's what I'm saying. Like they're fracturing so much that's already so fragile. Yeah, you know they're trying that to stretch really stuff too frustrating. thin. But uh, mm-hmm. but but whatever, we'll go for it. I just wish Extraordinary Girl was allowed to sing this fucking song. It's all these dudes singing about girls. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of that for this track, but I, I 100% agree. So, so like my, my biggest thing is is she sings some of it and it's really good and then you feel the difference You're like oh that's how it should be mm-hmm. and then yeah. he comes back in and including for like the chorus which makes no sense to me and this is a perfect example of where I think like go ahead change lyrics to make it more active make your characters yeah. more involved yeah, yeah, yeah. in the actual plot where I would love it if instead of she gets so sick of crying which he sings every time the, the guy if it was her mm-hmm. singing, I get so sick of crying. Like I would oh, be that fine much with better, that change. Yeah. That would actually be powerful, right? Yeah, of course. And like, in, yeah. and having her 100%. speaking for herself, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of yeah, that. I agree. Get yeah. these bitches up involved in this. I know. I don't under. I mean, throughout the album, again, like there's just way too little female vocals. You know, it yeah. doesn't make sense at all. And I, and I do think right. that's it's a it's another kind of victim of writing everything in the third person, through at, mm-hmm. written by a man, because Billy when he wrote this initially was like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be singing all of this right so I mm-hmm. I write these for me to sing and it'll always be singing about her, even if you know she's talking back as a character it'll be through the voice that I'm, you know singing. Yeah, but yeah, when yeah. you're writing a musical, you know you're going to have multiple characters and multiple voices singing, so you write dialogue through song. And, right, yeah. And you can't do that here. So I think they needed to have made some more drastic changes or not adapted it into a musical. Agreed. Because yeah. it's just everyone's kind of passive in this. Mm-hmm. 
And as an audience member, I imagine you just don't feel very involved in the in the show in that case, probably. Exactly. And even if you love the songs and you love the performers, you're totally right. There's something about just the plot will not grab you because it's not yeah. really meant to be actively engaged with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and anyway. I guess we just keep running around in circles here because track 14 is before the lotobotomy again. Number two, mm-hmm. the reprise. Reprise. And I don't, I don't know. There's not much for me to say about this one. I think it's similarly good as the last one. Yeah. I guess. I mean, and just like the real before the lobotomy, there's the beginning that's all slow and acoustic. There's the middle part that's all rocking. And then the final part sounds essentially just like this with kind of calling back to the original melody. I right. do like yeah. the end part of this where the the cast, the ensemble, like sings along with after every guitar break. I think there's mm-hmm. some good moments, but I, I again I don't know why it had to be a, a reprise. You know, it just yeah, that's like what a waste I don't really get. Yeah, yeah, because the first one was really good. The second one was pretty much the same in my book. It just seemed unnecessary. I'm with you. I think they could have just combined them and had one moment because it's not exactly. It's not yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't force it. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of forcing it, it'll go. <laughs> it'll fit. This is When It's Time, track 15. Mm -hmm. I definitely thought it was uh, Wake Me Up When September Ends the first time. It's the same riff, dude. You nailed it exactly right. right? Why? Why? It's the exact same riff. (laughs) Why? I don't get it. Why'd they do that? I don't know why they did this. And it's, and frankly, the only reason I bought this album on iTunes right away was for this song. Not this version of it. Because it was new. Oh, the one ver- at the end there's, of this- a, there's the Green Day version yeah. comes up at the very end as a bonus track. Um, yeah. And you could only get it if you bought the whole album. Oh, uh, I see. But, <laughs> you know, this is a very sweet song. I won't lie. Like, I did learn this on acoustic guitar and play it for my first girlfriend. And, like, I was I was into this song. But, hindsight being 2020, it's kind of a... It's kind of a cheeseball song. And without the instrumentation yeah. backing it up, I think it's a little thin. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we'll get to that, the other version of it later, but I would say I like the, the Green Day version more for sure. Yeah. Because, again, no offense, John Gallagher Jr., I think you're a very talented actor, but I think your voice, his voice is very thin in this song. Yeah. And it's just yeah. him and the guitar. And, uh, and they change it. And this part right here is where he goes, I love you. And it's like on the Green Day original, it's actually, it's, much better we'll, we'll play that in comparison because i love yeah. you it doesn't take the long pauses mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. it's so theatery and kind of insufferable uh <laughs> pretentious a little bit yeah i would never listen to this version of the song mm-hmm. and, and then of course there's the word loser again billy uses loser again all the losers who never take the time to say how they really feel instead they just fade away and uh like damn man that's like, what are we in eighth grade? I don't know. I'm not into that that much. <laughs> Again, with cool. the whole band, the wrong. whole instrumentation, it sounds fine. But just acoustic yeah. guitar, it's a little too sparse. Well, let's let's uh, keep moving along here. Yeah, dude. To, I, I'm uh, curious what you think about this one here. To track 16, uh, Know Your Enemy. Um, well, I don't know if you recall, Chris, but I, I do not like the original. I know much. you don't. I probably know It's probably much. my least favorite. Probably my least favorite 21st Century Breakdown song. And 
You know, I'd say the theme continues. This might be wow, my least really? favorite song on this album, what? which is saying something. That's crazy, Colin. Oh my I god. I know. Okay. I oh, okay. It, it, it like it like it's supposed to again. At, at least the original like was supposed to be an angry song with all these people singing along with it. It just sounds like I don't know what it sounds like, but it just doesn't again, it just doesn't have the punch that it's supposed to have. Can know? I speak in defense of this song? Please. This version Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is again, it's the guy I like that you've been kind of cold on, but I really like Tony Vincent, St. Jimmy, sings yeah. this song. Mm-hmm. I think he's got much more passion, grit, and balls in this recording than Billy Joe Armstrong does in the studio version of Know Your Enemy. Wow. Okay. Love Billy Joe, but I think we talked about it that it sounded kind of, it was kind of toothless, Know Your Enemy. Yeah. It's very. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Compressed and polished and plastic mm-hmm. and yeah i think tony vincent does give a little bit of much needed grit to it um like honestly like you i listened to him and he sounds like janice joplin i was like this is this a rocking lady like his i like wow. his voice is kind of i don't know that is high praise yeah i, I think so i i'm i'm all for him and the other thing that's a massive improvement is this is mm-hmm. only two minutes long the original green day version is three minutes ten seconds and I think we both <laughs> talked about how it is one riff. It's so repetitive. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it feels too long. And I think at two minutes, it is so much more agreeable in the stomach. Okay, okay. That is one aspect to this I can definitely get on board with, for sure. Like I think but, if Green Day had released the initial single as two minutes, which they would have done today, you know, because 2020 yeah. Green Day loves short songs, Yeah, that would have been a much better hit just because you wouldn't get fatigued with it. Right, right, right. Okay, well, let me ask you this. If if the Green Day original was two minutes, would you still like it less than this one? Do you think? That's a very good question. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would probably like it more because it is Green Day. It is the original. Mm-hmm. But I it wouldn't change how I feel about uh, Tony Vincent's voice. I, I really like right. the grit. I really like that Janis Joplin kind of... I, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy... Mm-hmm. He sounds like the only one who's actually having fun on this recording. <laughs> can you at least agree on that? He sounds like he's having more I can, fun. I can. Well, no, than him, John and, Jr. Um, him and uh, Rebecca Naomi Jones. I think both of them sound Completely. like they actually kind of enjoy right, it. Right. Exactly. But yeah, past that, no. Anyway. Well, okay. Well, terrible, speaking... terrible song, in my opinion. All right. But let's all right. Move all, right <laughs> all right. All right. Let's, let's, let's move on to something that's pretty. Yeah. This is the first and uh, not only first single, first of two on the album. It's got Rebecca Naomi Jones in the front seat. This is Twenty One Guns. Do you know what's worth so they released a video of this. I remember when it first came out, kind of teasing everyone, and it was all of them in studio and Billy, uh, like kind of behind the scenes, kind of uh, directing everyone, the whole ensemble oh. singing this. Interesting. Yeah. And. Uh, Obviously, Rebecca Naomi Jones was was front and center as what's her name, but mm-hmm. singing this first verse here with the the yeah. echoey, sparse guitar and the violins coming in. I mean, I think it's gorgeous. I really like the first part of the song. Um, I, yeah, I agree with that. Once the dude comes in, it sounds kind of like the original, basically. And, and, Which, it's so and I think I said this earlier this episode, but I basically just don't think this song should be on here, you know? Yeah. Which is a shame because it's one of the few songs that does, you know, pretty much feature uh, What's Her Face? What's Her Name? <laughs> yeah, what's Her Name, not What's uh, Her Face. 
I Sorry. completely agree. <laughs> I agree with you, dude, because it. I think this moves the plot along zero percent, and yeah, and is yeah, it's generally pointless. I think the it's just like, hey, this was our last big hit. You remember our last big hit, right? Exactly. But yeah. It, and, and really, this was a ploy, I think, to get people excited because I think after the ladies finish singing, and and it's. I think they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I wish the whole song was just them with violins and piano, right? So the, the female 100%. ensemble. Yeah, that would be so much better. Yeah, exactly. Because you're and right, like when- every single part that you hear her voice, it just gets that much better. You know, it could be one word. There's like the part where they're like one twenty one gods, and then they do like the echo. So one, oh, and then she like, echoes yeah, one. So she literally just says, she literally yeah. just says one once, one, and it just sounds one, so good. You know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I completely agree, and and yeah. and you can even hear here when John Gallagher Jr. kicks in with the drums, you just mm-hmm. go, "Oh, this sounds just like Green Day like now." Like, yeah. Like this isn't yeah, even yeah, sound yeah. different enough to care. Exactly. And it's so funny. I think they put extra effects on John Gallagher Jr.'s voice. Again, no offense, because I think the whole goal here was to be like, "Look, we can have the best of both worlds. We can have our cake and eat it too, right? Yeah. We can have this really pretty." A violin-driven Broadway musical, but then also, hey guys, it's still us. It's still Green Day. Like, don't worry. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like knock that all off. Be, you know, you're doing Broadway. You know. Yeah. Just do it. I, yeah. Like, give her the I song, or don't, don't. But I, yeah, I don't need to hear someone imitating Billy Joe. Yeah. You know, I just want 100%. someone with the same. Because they can't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's so, so a lot of praise there for Rebecca Naomi Jones, and, mm-hmm. and that continues uh, to what is my personal favorite track on this album, uh, and maybe the That's original fair, American yeah. Idiot, and that is uh, track mm-hmm. eighteen, Letter Bomb. This is high up for me as well. This is, yeah, I kind of forgot about this. Is probably up right near uh, Last Night on Earth and and uh, shit. What was the other one before the lobotomy for me? Before the lobotomy, yeah. Um, yeah, because because basically she's. I've been complaining this whole episode, and and I've been every time I listen to it, I'm like, give her some more songs. She doesn't have a single seriously song that yeah. is all hers. And this is is this maybe the first one too that's a little bit more of a rockin' song, and she's like, and this, she's got the lead on it. This is her song entirely. She gets to sing the entire thing, and yeah, it is. Right. It is a rocker. Because I think most of the songs that she has, like at least partial, you know, lead vocals on, are are like the the chill songs, right? Dude, that's a great Low point, and it is annoying. Yeah. It's like, okay, so the dudes can do the fun, fast songs and give her the yeah. slow, sad song. No, she can fucking tear this up. No, yeah, but she's still killing it here. Yeah, exactly. And she does listen. To, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, and, and, and again, it's like like you're saying, you can hear like the passion in her voice like a lot more than you can with with uh, what's his face, John oh, Gallagher Jr. What's his face? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like this this made me fuck. I would pay good money to hear Rebecca Naomi Jones cover just Green Day's catalog. I'd love to hear Honestly, her sing. Me too. Other songs. Seriously, she would kill it. I bet. Yeah. She's she's. I mean, and you can look it up. She's a she's a Broadway veteran, lifelong actress. She's just phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was lucky enough. That she's one of the highlights of getting. I got to see her live, and and yeah, just her and Tony Vincent, as I kept saying, but especially her. You know, most of all. Yeah. She carried totally. the show. She carried the show on her shoulders. Um, yeah, it and, seems like it. And thank God they gave her this song. It, it's one of the best yeah. songs. It is kind of the pinnacle of all the action. It's her leaving his ass, dumping his ass, as we've, mm-hmm. as we've said. And mm-hmm. you know, God bless her. God bless her. She nails it. Hell yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> and that that takes us to an, uh, one that's maybe I don't know. Uh, uh, what would I mean, you, what would you is, call Trap Nineteen, Colin? Uh, another unnecessary one, I guess. <laughs> I'd call. I it... mean, no, it's it's basically like Twenty One Guns, but it doesn't even have the, like the positives. That yeah, guns have. I'd I'd call it Wake Me Up When September Ends. Like they threw it on. Yeah, they threw it on just because it was a hit. I think. I mean, it's because it's part of the album, but. Yeah, but. But it kind of goes know. nowhere. They didn't. They didn't do. They didn't do anything special with it, and. The first in the first place, it wasn't like the most story-driven part of the album, right? Yeah, like, that's the big issue. If you're gonna cut, if you're gonna cut any song from the album, it might be this one because it's like kind of not really about the story of the album. It's about I his agree. story, which is also good, but yeah, it's, it's just it's slow as all hell, and and it's repetitive as all hell. So mm-hmm. in a musical, we're not advancing the characters who are singing this, like their story at all. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Even right? if you're really like, involved, what's in the what's narrative, actually happening on stage right now? Well, it's interesting. So he's standing there singing, and it's one of these things, you know. So so what's her name has just left him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like him. It's just like rock bottom, essentially, for 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 John uh, for Jesus okay. of Suburbia. Yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, it's what leads to him deciding he needs to go home and 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 break up with Saint Jimmy. You know, right, right, right. So yeah. so that's important. But again, if you were if you were writing a musical with that intention. You would write a song that's like bum 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 bum. I gotta get out of here. Bum 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 bum. Now I'm walking over here. Bum. You know it'd be that's really lame. <laughs> yeah. But I. But that that is more. But no, active. I get what you're saying. That's activities yeah, yeah, yeah. to be doing. That's something that you're writing in the song. Oh, bus mm-hmm. tickets are forty five dollars. I don't have forty five dollars. I gotta go get forty five dollars. <laughs> Saint Jimmy could you hook me up. You know that would be there'd be something happening. Right, right, right. Yeah. And that's a reason I get for not liking musicals. But when you're watching a musical, you actually want that. You want yeah. active lyrics, people speaking. This, you know, the song builds. You're right. It's the exact same as the Green Day version. There's nothing to add here. It just is mm-hmm. what it is. It's like four minutes of. It's kind of waiting for it to be over, and then the and then yeah. we'll move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 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 vocal harmonies in here that I think are really pretty. But it's just not different enough. I would have loved a completely violin and orchestrated version of this. That could have been interesting, you know? Okay, yeah. What yeah, if that, I could da, see da, that. Da, 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 had been violin, you know, or a chorus Ooh. of violin? Then we get into some interesting I bet that would be ideas. really cool, actually, yeah. But uh, I just think they played well, it anyway, too safe. They didn't do it, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on to Homecoming. Yeah, track man. Number, uh, track number 20. Track number 20, if you can believe it. And, I know. And we're almost there. We're almost there, <laughs> folks. Believe me. And uh, this is the last big one. They cover a lot yeah. of plot in this nine-minute song. I bet. I bet. Yeah. I mean, in in the album too, though, this does cover a lot going on. I think. It, it definitely does. This this uh, top here is one of the last things sung by Tony Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, as Saint Jimmy. This is you know shortly before he kind of kills himself, breaks up with him. Blah blah blah. And the death of Saint mm-hmm. Jimmy, obviously, the song's a little over the place, you know. Yeah, it, it's all I over would the place say I, on the original album, mm-hmm. but it's, it's yeah. especially all over even the place more here. so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at, honestly, at this point in the album, though, I kind of got excited about this one just because it was so inventive and like kind of novel in a lot of ways, you know. Because some of these songs were just so safe, like we were saying. Yeah, but I, I really enjoyed it, and well, like that's hard for me to say because Homecoming is, I'm pretty sure. Oh no. Like probably my second favorite song on the original album. It's one of your favorites, yeah. And 
Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Is I was with I was listening to this with a with a friend. We were driving, and she was like, you know, I can't tell if I've grown desensitized to this by now or if it's actually getting better. And that's exactly it, right? At this point, you're like, I don't know if, if the Broadway voices are, I'm just used to it, or if they're actually yeah. better at adapting these ones. I don't even know. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. I, I actually kind of like this one. Yeah. It just is so all over the place. And essentially, plot-wise, it's, it's trying to catch up with the guy who stayed at home. Just, you know, nobody likes you. Just sitting on his couch alone. Uh, Jesus of Suburbia, Johnny, coming home and having mm-hmm. to get uh, like a shitty desk job, and uh, and and then yeah, before all that, breaking up with Saint Jimmy, and then and then mm-hmm. ending up in his hometown and, and running into reuniting with all of his old friends. So, right, right, right. So yeah, there's just a ton covered here. It's trying to wrap up essentially all of the three characters' arcs mm-hmm. in this nine-minute song. Um, I would say in particular, I don't know why. But um, that part where they're like, I play the shit out of the drums, I can play the guitar. I, I really dig that part. And both the original and this one. And I think this one, they like, you know, they got a little extra inventive with it. Well, I'll the, tell you the this. The guitar solo in particular is bizarre. I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> what they did in the, the Broadway show, how they staged it, is that the guy mm-hmm. was, was running around stage. And he... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if he did it on the drums, but I can play the shit out of the drums and the guy, you know, they do this drum thing. I'm not sure if he runs up to the drummer and grabs the sticks and do a quick thing, but I know uh-huh. for certain when he said I can play the play the shit out of the guitar, um, yeah. the guitarist who was on stage, you know, I said the musicians were on stage the whole time playing, uh, yeah. had a really long strap, guitar strap on, and he, yeah. like, the, the actor came up in front of the electric guitarist and threw the guitar, like, around his waist and did the solo himself yeah. real fast oh my god that was really cool that and, is pretty cool and little like moments that. like that i've mentioned where you'd actually see the actors playing real instruments that you'd kind yeah. of that would feel cool because you're like oh that's someone yeah. you know that that took skill and that reminds you more again probably it's more of a green day concert where you're enjoying these songs exactly. watching them being played yeah yeah uh one thing that i thought was very beatlesy as specifically a day in the life uh, one of the greatest Beatles songs of all time. One of the greatest songs of all time, frankly. True, um, true, true. Yeah. And, and and we would not have Jesus of Suburbia or Homecoming or songs like that without Day in the Life uh, by the Beatles. There's mm-hmm. the, the, the transition between Death of St. Jimmy and East 12th Street. They do that big wall of sound buildup. And I just oh, think that is yeah, yeah, directly yeah. lifted from the Beatles playbook. Uh, and I it sounds awesome. think of that. That's No right. complaints. It Wait, do they have really cool. I just it's wall of sound. It's it's just clobbering right, you with right, this right, massive yeah. build up. Yeah. And 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 I, yeah, you can't help but think of the Beatles when you hear it and in the best way. So kudos for mm-hmm. that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And yeah, and definitely. similarly something that is another positive is the outro where the entire ensemble is singing Nobody Likes You is really powerful. Is really cool. It is. Yeah, with everyone going for it. Yeah. And, and, and it's that stuff that you wish there was more of, where like the scope of a Broadway musical, how big it's supposed to feel. Broadway's larger than life, right? It's supposed to be right, yeah. ambitious and massive and unapologetic. And mm-hmm. I, so that nobody this likes was none you of those things <laughs> captures that. Yeah, like we need more of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I mean, so that's that's Homecoming, and then you know I think it ends on a rather grand note. Unfortunately, I think it kind of leads into a rather 
I don't know, somewhat of a letdown, certainly a dour finisher here is What's Her Name, uh, sung yeah. by John Gallagher Jr. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I kind of get what they're going for, because this is a sad song, and in the original, it's the instrumentals at least aren't as sad maybe as the lyrics are, but I think going this far with it wasn't really the right call. Um, it's sort of, like you said, it's just it's just a sad way to finish. Things. Yeah, and the, and the album but, ends um, on a sad note. I mean, not to call this out needlessly, but last time when we reviewed American Idiot, the album, you even mentioned that you cried when you were listening to what's her it's, name. The it's original. so sad. It is so it's sad. A, it's a oh beautiful song, and it, yeah, it's, it can be. It's a beautiful song. Very very yeah. sad. And, and just to call back, dear Evan Hansen, if I could again, pardon me, but mm-hmm. for what a real musical does. <laughs> It ended on a very sad note. It didn't end on a big, big showstopper. It ended on a very fragile, little tiny song, which I really appreciated. The difference here was mm-hmm. that that little tiny song really wrapped up and matched kind of the character's arc, and it felt very optimistic, you know, and him singing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This doesn't feel that way at all. This feels like afterward you just might need to check into a ward or, you know, get some your call yeah. your therapist or something true um, it doesn't make yeah. you feel i you know like i hate to well. be this way but broadway is supposed to kind of make you feel good for seeing the show yeah and this doesn't really do that beyond yeah. that i think they kind of there's a lot of power in the original recording and though i love all the ensemble calm response in here in the background i think the melody the the harmonies are very pretty it mm-hmm. does not feel as visceral or immediate as the original it, it yeah, feels kind of neutered. I completely agree, and and I'm trying to be kind too, because like this is probably my favorite Green Day song, really. Um, yes, yeah, one of them for sure. Yeah, so I mean, the fact that I don't hate it is maybe a, a triumph here. I don't but, hate it. I agree. I, I mean, it's yeah, too hard. It, but it, but yeah, it's it's maybe not quite the emotional like finisher that I was hoping for. I think the ensemble uh, building up to the solos, uh, solo, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just think it ends kind of weak. And, and I just remember that the violin playing at the very end, uh, playing the lead guitar riff is nice, but for some reason it, it kind of feels like it goes out with a whimper. Yeah. Yeah. At the no, very end there. Uh, it's, it's, Honestly, if there was one song from the album to not change a whole lot, it might have been this one. I completely Actually, agree, man. That's it. I agree because yeah. because this one does start slow and contemplating, but there I, I agree the drums and the chugging bass and everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not a you can it's not a distraction. Uh, it still is mm-hmm. kind of quiet and sad. This one they're like, what if we took away all that and did piano and violin, and then bring in the drums and guitar and everything? And I just think it kind of like one or the other, you know, like, like a lot of this yeah. album, like Twenty One Guns. Either go fully sad violin, vocal, and piano, you know, kind of very yeah, yeah. spacey and very simple, or or do the rock band the, kind of closer to the way the Green Day did. But they, they split it down the middle, and you're always kind of left with, uh, you know, a zombie or the Frankenstein. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Any other well, thoughts on that one? No more thoughts on that one. No I more think, thoughts yeah. on What's Her Name? And and again, that's one of thoughts. our that's one of our favorite songs. So it is nothing yeah. but respect. Yeah. Now we're at the last track. This is the whole reason I even bought the fucker way back in the day. 
This is the Green Day version of When It's Time. This was released, I guess, in Europe originally, but not released in the US of A. I wonder why that is. Maybe they didn't think it was that strong of a single. But the <laughs> Europeans would lap it up. You know, those fucking Europeans mm-hmm. love a good Green Day ballad. For me, this was the shit for a long time. Maybe because I spent like $15 on an album that only had one good song. But And, and you learned how to play the song and sing the song and everything. That's right. Too. There was emotional connection, definitely. Yeah. And honestly, like, yeah, when I got to this point on the album, uh, the first time I listened to this this week, I I was just like a breath of fresh air hearing Billy's voice again. It's a relief, right? <laughs> and I'm not sure I'm not sure if I would react that way like normally, but after the the rest of the album I was like, "Oh, oh man, you sound so here. good." Thank yeah. God you <laughs> I missed you so. And honestly, yeah, I think instrumentally too though this is better than the um, the Broadway one for sure. Yeah, and, and and I think to point that, uh, you know, I figured out without a doubt, I love you. Like the way he he does that, he doesn't take the long dramatic pauses, mm-hmm. which is really, I, I think I think it, the driving rhythm of this, the Trey's just simple drum beat keeping it going forward, yeah, is the draw. Yeah. I don't. This song should not be stretched or ex- overly examined. You know what I mean? Or it will fall apart. It's just fine the I way agree. it is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a good song, yeah. honestly. Yeah, and this was the second sure. single off the album, actually. They're, again, unusual mm-hmm. to have singles on a musical album at all. Yeah. But these were just to drum up interest from the Green Day fans. So first one was that 21 Gun. Second one was this uh, When It's Time, which is just, you know, an unreleased Green Day song, essentially. It's nice, right? This is serviceable. It is. Absolutely, yeah. I can work with yeah, this. Yeah, no, I have, I, have, I have no qualms with that song. It's a good one. I could see it on on one of their albums and being pretty happy with it. One of their yeah, actual albums. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, and that's it, man. That's American Idiot, the original Broadway soundtrack. Oof. Oof. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. Oh, dude, that was um, a doozy. So, Chris, I, I hesitate to even go this direction, but what would you cut? <laughs> what would you keep, if anything? I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll just list my favorites, frankly. Cause okay. I, yeah, because... Yeah. If if I'm being completely honest, I don't think Green Day should have done this, and not in, oh yeah, not in the way that like I think these like oh that's not very punk. I I I don't could give a <laughs> shit about what's punk. Yeah, yeah. It's I am a theater kid, as I said, and I am a major Green Day fan, and I'm a major alternative music fan. And you may not think that you know those things are compatible, but I'm here to tell you that I am all three of those things. <laughs> And, (laughs) you know, carrying that, it's just basically going, I I love a good theater. I love a good Green Day. And unfortunately, these two aren't mixing at this moment. No, it's like oil and water here. I'm not saying Green Day couldn't ever do this. I'm just saying this was a bad idea. The the real story of American Idiot, the musical, is Green Day made a very successful album one time. Yeah. And look at us repackage and sell it again type exactly because people who know and and the the real blame could be on michael mayer here because people who know about musical theater it's a different world Mm -hmm. it isn't it isn't pop music if you can write a good pop rock song that's a skill and if you can write a musical song that's a skill there are different skills it's different songwriting completely and i don't think they translate very well at all so the yeah just as someone who's a fan of green day 
Not even speaking yeah. as a theater person, because again, as a theater person, I think they shouldn't have done this at all. Yeah, but of just course. as a Green Day fan, stuff that's interesting to hear, I would say, would be Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Really like that. Okay. Uh, I like Favorite Son. Yep. I think Give Me Novocaine's worth a listen. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I and again and then Fuck You, Last the American Girl slash She's a Rebel. Oh like, my god. We can assume I'd cut the rest, but that one I would cut especially. Yeah, that's probably the worst one. Last Night on Earth, I think, is good. Don't you? You mm-hmm. like that one, right? Oh, of course. I love that one. Yeah. yeah. I like Too Much Too Soon quite a bit as well. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, I, I, you disagree. I really love Know Your Enemy on this. Mm-hmm. I think 21 Guns is okay. I, I just really like Rebecca Naomi Jones' part. But, I, you know. That's it's, true. It's, yeah. It is interesting if you haven't heard it before. And then finally, uh, Letterbomb. Letterbomb is my favorite. That's fair, yeah. Letterbomb's killer. And outside sure. of that, you know, there's, I mean, there's little moments of things. There's little sections that are cool, you know, little mm-hmm. interesting choices. But I think the the Not uninteresting songs. choices outweigh the interesting ones. What about you, man? Do you have anything that that stands out or is offensive? You no, know, it it surprises me. Like I think I would actually keep more than you would. Not by much. I I, I think I would go with uh, favorite son, mm-hmm. last night on earth, too much too soon, before the lobotomy extraordinary girl so there's a little streak there i would actually keep yeah and then yeah i probably after that just like letter bomb and maybe homecoming i'm not sure uh but that's about it after that yeah 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 <laughs> so less than less than half the original track listing length um yeah and that's yeah. the other thing too is it's needlessly long i wish they hadn't included the the 21st century breakdown tracks just on principle. Agreed, yeah. Plenty of good musicals when they actually have plot and scenes that are interesting, you know, in between the songs. You know, it could be 14, 14 songs. That's no problem. Yeah. You know, they didn't really, they could have added the B-sides and just left it at that. But yeah, uh, yeah again, it, it's, I don't think a good musical was ever really the goal. I think it was Green Day made a very successful album. Yeah, or, and I, I hope that this doesn't doesn't like ruin the legacy, and I don't think it does. I don't think it was popular enough to, but it still makes me a little sad. It tarnished the legacy, maybe. It tarnished, yeah. I think it's a little black mark. We'll talk about this next week, but uh, the trilogy, I think, was in a large part kind of t- trying to distance themselves from that, saying we don't write rock operas anymore. You know, right? Yeah, we're just yeah. doing. We're just trying to write catchy albums. True. But we'll get into that when we get into that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was American Idiot, the Broadway musical. Thanks so much for checking in with us. Uh, That was a lot of concentrated heat, so I hope you didn't feel too burned. Uh, But, you know, thanks for hanging out. This, of course, is Redundant, the totally original Green Date podcast. Please subscribe, review, rate, listen, download, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podomatic. Uh, check us out we've got clips on youtube and uh, you can write us on gmail at redundant green day pod at gmail.com my friend mm-hmm. colin's got the twitter handle uh you can find us at uh green day pod on twitter um which is green day colon the totally fuck Uh-oh. <laughs> redundant Uh-oh. colon the totally original green day podcast now uh, i know i know yeah. it follows us because we get the we keep giving the wrong thing <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and I'm also incre- yeah, that, that must be it, right? And of course, a reminder yeah, that once must be again. The only reason. A reminder once again that the top review on our iTunes or Apple Podcasts uh, is going to be getting some free Hella Megator tickets. 
That, of course, is to see our boys Green Day, Weezer, and Fall Out Boy. And, you know, like, don't worry if the tickets are real. Again, just, like, it's cool. Leave a really nice review, and we'll, like, sort the tickets out later. It's fine. Right? <laughs> no question. No, no question. question. Don't, yeah. I, seriously. You can trust, don't you question can trust us. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. No questions. And in <laughs> conclusion, I'm going to close this out with two lines of dialogue. We didn't even get into these, but the atrocious lines of dialogue from this here, American Idiot, Green Day Musical. I'll start here with the very first line you hear from the play. I masturbated into oblivion and forgot to shower. Colin? Again? Again. That's how they start. Again. Here's another one that's kind of uh, edgelordy. Uh, There's a new revolution, and the good guys aren't wearing red, white, or... Colin. Blue. Wow, right? Doesn't that make you think? <laughs> Doesn't that make you fucking think for one second? Uh, that is pretty cringy. All right. Thanks, everybody, yeah. for listening to Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast. We'll see you next week. Farewell.